Welcome to another episode of the Zenpreneur Podcast, the show for entrepreneurs who want more money and less stress. The Zenpreneur Podcast is hosted by serial entrepreneur and high-performance coach Mario Lanzarotti. Listen as Mario and his inspiring guests share the insights, strategies, and habits that allow you to grow your business with peace of mind so you can enjoy more wealth and freedom. Learn how to build the mindset and habits you need to find the balance between a successful business and a thriving personal life. And now, here is your host, Mario Lanzarotti. Hello and welcome, my friends. This is your host, Mario Lanzarotti. Welcome to the Zenpreneur podcast. Today, I have the pleasure and honor of interviewing a dear friend and a brother. His name is Kieran Pollitt. He's a trauma-informed transformation coach who empowers people to break patterns, heal past wounds, and express themselves authentically. His mission is for people to connect to who they are at their core, underneath all of the bullshit, the programming, the conditioning, the limiting beliefs, the wounds, and the trauma. From that space, we are free to express ourselves and shine the light we came here to share. Kieran works with the body and the mind, utilizing a wide range of modalities, including inner child work and somatics. And today, we're going to have a very powerful and value-equipped conversation. So I'm excited to have you on the show. Kieran, welcome, my brother. Yeah, so beautiful to be here, Mario. So excited to just, yeah, dive in with you today and see what wants to move through. I love that. Now, usually, and I always ask this question to, to my guests, is that usually people don't wake up this way. Right? They don't usually just fall into working on their body, mind, and spirit and have such a strong mission to help people express themselves authentically. So I'm wondering, was there a time in your life where life looked very different for you and then you experienced some sort of an awakening moment, an event that happened in your life that opened you up to this path that you are now on? Yeah, beautiful question, brother. And yeah, I think there were many moments of awakening, like along the journey, and I could pick any number to start with. What I really think was a transformational moment for me that just like flipped a switch and why I work with people around patterns, why I am so passionate about working around the unconscious mind, the, the programmings, the conditioning, like all of these things is because when I started to meditate, that was a big shift in my journey. When I started to meditate, I started to become aware of being separate to my thoughts. I am the observer of my thoughts. I am not them. And then that started to open up my world mm. a lot more. I was working with my first mentor as well. And just having someone there who could reflect back to me, like be a mirror to see what I couldn't see, started to change a lot in my life. And there was a moment when I was in an eight person house. I was living in Oxford at the time. And one of my housemates said to me, we need to talk about the dishes. And as she said that, I felt this anxiety, this anxiousness fill my, my solar plexus and my heart. And I was like, I'd been, I had been meditating. So I could, I was aware of this. And I was like, what is going on? This is a mm. really big response to have to what she just said. And she wasn't just saying it to mm. me. She was saying it to, like to the house, but saying it to me. 
And I was like, what's going on? And I went away from that because I was in, in that moment, I was in a flight response. I was like, I don't want to be here. I want to get out. Like my body was communicating. This doesn't feel safe. And so I went away and I was like reflecting on this and thinking like, what, why, why would that be the case? Like, why would that activate me in this way? And I started to reflect and realize that as a kid, like I would hide under the bed. I would hide in the closet. I would hide in the bathroom. Like I would hide at times because of ways anger and frustration was projected onto me when, when my parents was dysregulated. And suddenly this connection was made. Wow. Like I experienced this conflict and confrontation through anger and frustration being projected onto me. What was happening in that moment was I was present in that moment, but my mind and body are there to keep me safe. And they're saying this is perceived conflict and confrontation. It's not safe. We need to get out of here. And that started to make me realize as I connected mm. that door, I realized how that showed up so much through my life, how conflict and confrontation and my fear of it mm. had shown up in so many different ways. And then I started to get even more curious about like, well, what other patterns, what other things, what other experiences from childhood, from my teenage years, from just being an adult have impacted how I show up. And that's why I'm so passionate because I lived so many years being influenced by something that I didn't even see. And I also developed people pleasing tendencies around that and around other wounds of rejection, of abandonment. And so when I started to become more aware of these wounds and how they showed up, well, then I could start to do the work to, to bring the healing from the awareness to the healing. And now, you know, there's still things that I don't know. I don't know. There's still things that I can't see, which is why I work with coaches. And at the same time, I'm in the most aware place I've ever been. And I'm so much more in choice of how I show up because I'm more aware and I'm able to be more intentional with how I, how I live. So that's why I do what I do, because I want each person to start to choose how they live rather than do it on autopilot. That's such a profound statement that you just made. And it's so, so true. Most of us were not living by what I call a conscious choice, but we're living by an unconscious choice. So there's a part of us through the conditioning that we have gone through in the past that makes unconscious choices without us even being aware of it, right? It just happens automatically. And like you said, most people in the world live their life on autopilot and they have no clue that that's even a thing. They just think, oh, well, that's just the way that life is. That's just how I am. And I love that you had this insight where you looked at yourself in a moment where you felt triggered right? Where you felt a sense of fear inside of your body. And you were like, wait a minute, why is this happening? Where's this coming from? And I think this, this, this self inquiry is really the first step to embarking on any significant change in your life. And so I'm curious what happened next. So you've had this sense of awareness, right? You had this experience with mentors and coaches and where did you take it from, from there? Yeah. So from there I, I was already, and in terms of like how I took it to where I am now, I was just continuing to be my own case study. I was continuing to experience Ooh. different things and, and, and be curious 
right? Like I was curious as to like what different practices would bring. Like I, I tried the meditation, I was trying cold showers, I was trying yoga, I was trying, you know, I went on a, a long journey of, of celibacy. Like I've tried many things and I, I was just continuing to try and experience through the world because that, that we can understand something and be like, oh, well, this is the benefit of meditation from my textbook that I read or from what I hear on Instagram. There's a difference when it starts to be like, well, this is what I've experienced. And so I, I have continued since then to just be curious and continue to, as I said, be my own case study in these different ways. And really from that moment, like the work that I was doing and a lot of this is the work that I really am passionate about is connecting to my inner child. So this part of me that had this experience in the past where there was this emotional charge that was present and the emotional charge is what causes the level of activation that I was experiencing in the trigger. And so going back and being able to uh, dissipate that charge through that inner child who like didn't had something that they needed to express in that moment. But in that moment, it was, I couldn't express it. I was scared. I was terrified. I was like, no, I'm not expressing anything. And it's also not been modeled. And so when that's the case, like there's stuff that's not being expressed and that stays in the body energetically. It stays in the bodily emo emotionally. Tr trauma is stored in the body. And so that experience is stored in the body. And then it's once that can be expressed in a safe way, how can I meet the needs of that part of me, that version of me, that inner mm -hmm. child? And so much of this journey is all these different parts of me, whether it's an inner child, in a teen, in an adult, whether it's a part that is self-sabotaging, whether it's the part that, um, yeah, like all of those things are trying to protect us at some level. They are here to serve a purpose. And so, so much of this journey for me has been like meeting those parts with love and compassion and starting to see what the need is underneath that and start to meet that in a more conscious way. And that's been the journey of unfolding and unfolding is how can I bring more consciousness to these things? How can I bring more compassion and how can I meet my own needs? And and as humans, we have needs that are, are beyond ourselves. Like the need for belonging is a human need and it requires other people. And we can start to look at what are the needs that don't require other people? And are we looking to the external world, object referral, for the validation, for the approval, for all these other things and mm. looking outside of ourselves? So this is the journey that I went on and I continue to, to study, to go deep. Last year, I did a certification with the Ella Medicine Coaching Institute and that went deep and that went deeper into trauma, into somatics, into inner child, but like a number of modalities. And was I was being coached every single week. So as you can imagine, Mary, like there was like transformation and depths that were just being being received. Um, and yeah, and that's that's the journey that I've sort of been on with like since that moment. I love that. And I love the statement you made about I'm my own case study. That's that's so powerful because you look at yourself not as a fixed identity, but you look at yourself as an ever evolving being. And I think that really is one of the key essences of helping you become unstoppable in the world. Because you and then you also go further, you essentially, you know, you did say that there are certain human needs that require other people. And you said, but there's a lot of them that don't require other people that require your loving attention. You know, Ram Das uh, has this mantra. He said, I am loving awareness. I am loving awareness. And 
I think it's so profound because when you you cannot have awareness without love, right? If you have awareness that comes from a place of uh, oh, why the hell am I doing that? That's so stupid. Ah, again, me. Look at that. I was coached by Elementum. I sh I shouldn't be struggling with this anymore. That's not loving awareness. That's judgment, and that really holds you in the patterns that you actually want to resolve. And you also talk about trauma. And I would love to hear your perspective on trauma, how it affects high performance, and what you think is, or what you have used in the past with your own clients, what is a, a powerful way of resolving that? Yeah, beautiful question. And I think trauma is so, we live in a society Gabo Mate says it, we live in uh, like a traumatized society full of traumatized people. And trauma like isn't what often people can look and say like, okay, this is, this is a distinguishing trauma. This is trauma with a capital T. Maybe it's like somebody goes through a natural disaster. Somebody experiences sexual abuse, uh, like physical abuse. Like yeah. there's certain things where it's like, oh, this is trauma. Trauma in itself isn't the event. It's what happens in the body in response to the experience, to the event. So we don't have a choice in what is traumatic. And this is really important for people to understand because it's easy to say, well, I didn't have it that bad. Uh, and when, you, when we say that, we start to be like, okay, well, I don't need to look at myself because this yeah. person had it worse off. And though we yeah. may think we're being like, um, being like righteous or like we're not righteous necessarily the word, but we're being like, yes, okay, well, I don't need to look at this because I'm, I'm like, I'm thinking of other people. It's like, no, you're actually not thinking of yourself and you're not going inside to see how that may have affected you. And trauma is, yeah. is occurring when there is too much, too soon, too fast, too much, too soon, too fast is where trauma happens. because it's too much for the body. It's too much for the nervous system yeah. and how this can impact high achievers. There can be many reasons. People can be high achievers because of trauma. They can be yes. high achievers because they are seeking validation, acceptance, approval from mum, dad, but they're doing it unconsciously through how they get. And it doesn't matter how much money they get. It doesn't matter what accolades they achieve. It will never be enough because they are seeking externally. So it can show up in that way. It can show up in, in and, and like, responses coping mechanisms to trauma there are many of them that, that exist it could be people you know drinking smoking sex drugs porn like and things like overworking overachieving they can be coping mechanisms but they're more validated by society and so this is something to be aware of as a yeah. high achiever like it's not the thing it's where it comes from and if you're achieving and you're achieving and it's coming from a place of, well, like I am, I am one, I am whole, I am enough as I am. And I'm doing this because this lights me up and this is what I love. And I want to maybe see what I'm capable of and this human existence, like epic. But if it's coming from a place of, let me just continue to, to like get the next thing, get the next thing, get the next thing, but it's not fulfilling my, my, my core, then that gets to be looked at. And so for high achievers, it can show up in, in many different ways. It may show up in how they communicate, how they, uh, it can show up in how they're activated within their body. 
it, it, there's there's yeah. many different ways and in terms of how to work with this is becoming aware of it becoming aware of what what the pattern is that shows up so you know it might also be high achievers it might not just be work right it might be how you then you might rush things in work so you rush things in life you may uh have certain relationship dynamics in work that then come through and uh, into different areas of your your relationships in the real world uh sorry in yeah. like your your yeah. <laughs> your social life so mm -hmm. it's it's being able to recognize that and the work is the awareness as we've already talked about what is the pattern how is it showing up because if it's showing up in your work life and and in all different areas of your life like how we do anything is how we do everything is a perspective i love to look at because then we can start to connect dots and be like, oh, well, it's not just showing up here. It may also be showing up here. And yeah. so it's the awareness. It's the, the recognition of the pattern. And then there's things you can do on like a high level, like a surface level. Like you can start to become aware of the pattern. And maybe it's, let's say, yeah. uh, something that then you do the opposite of. So you have the conscious awareness. This is what the pattern wants me to do. This is what my ego is saying. Um, instead, what I'm going to do is, uh, so someone might be high achieving and they are a lone wolf, right? They may be like, well, I don't need anyone else. I'm going to just carve out this path and I'm going to do it myself. And actually like that, that may be a pattern that might be a wounding. And so doing the opposite of that is like, how can I ask for support? How can I be open to receiving more from other people? And that's actually more likely to lead to higher levels of success, higher levels of achievement, more yes. connection, more community. So yes. that pattern, then the opposite of it is how can I start to receive more? How can I start to ask for help? And so these sorts of things, you, you can't, you can, it can be hard to see it when you're in it. And that's why I like having someone, you know, you Mario as a coach working with high achievers to reflect back to them and the work that I do in, in working with patterns and healing the wounds underneath them. So there's the surface level, like looking at triggers, looking at things that activate you, exploring this, then the deeper level. As I said, there are needs not being met. There are things not being expressed. And that is also the work that I believe leads to long lasting change because we can work with up here and the conscious. But as we talked about and you spoke to earlier, the unconscious which is controlling 95 to 97% of our actions, our behaviors, that is where shifts start to transform long-term. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Boom, 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 boom. So good, so good and so true. And there's a, there's a couple things there, right? One, I love the distinction that you brought forward about trauma. There is the capital T trauma, which is the things that are really significant. You know, somebody attacked you, sexual abuse, um, you know, you witness a death in front of you, accidents, things like that, right? where pe where everybody goes, oh, of course, I, I get that. And then there's the lower, lower T trauma where you know, it could literally be you being in, in, you know, in the first grade, you're raising your hand, the teacher asks, what's two plus two, Mario? And, and Mario goes, it's six. And the teacher goes, oh, no, it's not. And then the other uh, kids go, ha, 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 ha. Right? And in that moment, there's a sense of shame. There's a sense of embarrassment where the body freezes. And what I find really interesting is if you, I always like to look at nature, 
right? As, a, as, as the Zen philosophy that I follow, I lo always look at nature. What is nature teaching me? How does this show up in nature? And there was a, a video once that I watched where they were explaining the difference between uh, tra trauma in uh, people and in, in animals. And animals, when they have traumas, you know, think of a, a zebra getting attacked by a lion and the zebra gets away, uh, you know, and might have a severe fright. What it will do is will go into shaking. It will shake the body so that it can release that that uh, stagnant uh, energy that that is sitting there, right? That is too much for the body, so it releases it through shaking. And I know you do shaking as well. I saw that on your Instagram, and I've done that as well myself. Where I, I don't know the the name for it. There's, I'm sure there's a terminology for it, but I shake it, and then you pull the tongue out, and you go ah, and you shake it, and it really works. Yeah. It really works. It looks weird as fuck. <laughs> Excuse my French, um, yeah. but yeah. <laughs> it really does work. <laughs> and that's amazing, you know? Um, so I, I love mm. the distinction that you made there. And also very clearly, just like you said, I can so relate to this example where this trauma that was created in my past created this a belief system that says, I don't need people. I don't need anyone. I can do this myself or I have to do this myself so I can prove myself so I can prove my worth. And for the longest time in my business, things took me way longer because I was like, okay, I'm going to research it on my own. I'm not going to ask for help. Now, fast forward, you know, five years later, I'm here and whenever I need anything, I go into my network. I ask people, you know, I have so many connections all over the world and success is now way easier and with way more, uh, less, way less effort and a lot more fun, more connections. So I love that distinction that you brought forward. And I want to ask you, you mentioned earlier, you talked about a dysregulated nervous system. Can you... Mm -hmm. Explain a little bit more about the nervous system, what it mean, what it means to have a dysregulated one, and what it looks like if you have a regulated one. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, in terms of our nervous system, like that is part of the the body, part of our being that helps to communicate messages, sends messages from the mind to the brain, the brain to the body, and uh, yeah, just how things happen in our body um and in terms of a dysregulated or regulated mm. nervous system uh, there's a model called the window of tolerance which is really powerful to look at and if you imagine just a big green rectangle in the middle this is our window of tolerance this is where we are in homeostasis we are in our optimum state and we can access mm. both logic and emotion and really just be regulated like this is where we are what happens is as stresses build or as we have a big activation or trigger, we can move into dysregulated states. And dysregulated states are states where we no longer have access to uh, logic. We go into emotion and it can take us into, if the trigger is significant, it can take us into the survival brain. It can take us into uh, survival modes, fight, flight, yeah. freeze, or fawn. And when we're in those spaces, we, we aren't consciously choosing we're just reacting and they, this can show up in different ways there's hyper arousal which is imagine it's a big red rack rectangle at the top of the, the the screen that's where you're more like high energy anxiousness overwhelm mm. uh it's these high frenetic states that you can experience and then if you were to go yeah. down there's hypo arousal which is uh 
associated with freeze and fawn, which is more low, unmotivated, depressed, numb, these sorts of uh, experiences. And the power of recognizing when you are dysregulated or what that looks like, because also it show it shows up in the body before we go in there. Like the body can start sending sort of essentially like an alarm system, like, okay, we're, we're getting stressed. Something's up, like the alarm sounding, like, and when we can start to connect to the body, we can start to be aware of that. It may be uh, tension in the jaw. It may be like heaviness in the chest. It may be uh, tension in the hands or fidgeting in the body. Um, IBS for some people. There's many different ways it can mm. show up. Not making eye contact, uh, speaking too fast, speak, not speaking at all. So the body communicates to us that we're moving towards more dysregulated states. And yeah. the more we can become aware of, firstly, when, when we get into dysregulated states, we can then start to use regulation tools to bring us back, which means that we can come back into that window of tolerance and be in a more regulated state where we can actually be more conscious of what we're choosing versus reactionary. Yeah. And yeah, then we can just start to, the more aware we become of that, we can start to become aware of what the signs in our body are. And so we can start using regulation tools before we've even gone into these survival responses. So the power of understanding dysregulation is the power to start to be able to respond rather than react. And it, yes. it takes time because some, sometimes people have lived a lot of their lives in survival brain, in survival mode, in fight or flight. And, and it takes time for the body to adjust because the body and mind are like, they're also, they, they, they want to keep you safe and safe is familiar. So if you've been in that state, like it's used, your body is amped up to be in that state, or if it's in downregulated state, it's like, it's used to that. And so it's starting to create new, new patterns, new safety within the body, within the nervous system to be able to live like in that more regulated state and to come back. And one thing I'll mention as well, it's like, it's not like you, you learn these tools and then you just do it when you're dysregulated. It's like an athlete who goes to the, the goes for, trains for an event they train every single day and then they run the race so regulation tools supporting your nervous system is something you do every single day and then when the thing happens it's like okay well i've got these tools that i can go to my body's in a more regulated state like i'm more aware of it and therefore you can live yeah. as i said a more regulated life where you are able to be more responsive to life rather than reactive yeah yeah and, and and that's so important to really understand um also to to your last point you know where you said it's like an athlete you have to continuously condition yourself to operate in this new paradigm where you choose to regulate your nervous system throughout the entire day essentially right i have done well mm. over a decade of personal development in the work and still to this day i have my note here right it says slow down slow down twice because my my original uh programming is all about fast go 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 right? and i have a lot of energy in me so there's this there's this part of me that wants to just sprint and i have had my fair share of experiences with that to have realized that there's a better way for me and i think you described it beautifully as you said in a regulated state you get to make choices that are not coming from this frenetic place and so when we look at the life of an entrepreneur 
the things that are going to take you more time, more energy, and are going to cost you money are the decisions you make that are, some people will call them not smart, right? Some people might call them stupid decisions, right? Whatever we call them, these decisions are essentially ineffective, right? Because, you know, talk about procrastination, perfectionism, um, self-doubt, uh, imposter syndrome. Essentially, from what I'm hearing, they're all expression of a dysregulated nervous system because the person lives in this constant uh, fight or flight state. And if you look at the landscape of entrepreneurs, which is one of my absolute biggest missions is to help entrepreneurs get away from the grind, from the burnout culture. And you said this earlier, the challenge with it is that it's being celebrated. Right? Now, you know, you look at uh, certain entrepreneurial circles where if you work 15 hours a day, you're the king or the queen, right? You're the shit, you know, just, yeah, man, keep going. And, you know, and they survive on, on alcohol, drugs, uh, porn, and junk food. And the challenge with that is you cannot last long. You might have these short bursts of productivity, if you want to call it that, um, which is essentially you're just adding so many hours where, because you're not effective in the work that you do, where if you had a, dis a regulated nervous system, you could probably get the same amount of work done in a fraction of the time, if not, uh, if not even more work done in the fraction of the time. Yeah, and what's important to mention as well is like if you are if you have a less regulated nervous system, if you're amped up in fight or flight and these sorts of spaces, like it's, it's, it uses energy. Like it uses energy to be in those yeah. states. So it's also like yeah. you are using more energy that you have less of that for other things. And so that's also yeah. like part of it is, and I love what you're sharing here. I think the, the patterns, like they play out for the, the needs and the, the wounds underneath and things like that. And they will be contributed to when you start to go into dysregulation, you are more likely to be in your patterns. So like, that's, yeah, that's yes. what you're saying is like, that when you yeah. are, when you're overwhelmed, it's because you're moving towards more dysregulated states. When you're going into self-doubt, you may not be in a space where like, and if you're dysregulated and you're moving into these things, you're not able to look at them in a rational way and start to break yeah. them down. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, as a side note, for all of you health coaches um, and, and coaches that generally work with trauma and, and, and healing trauma and regulating the nervous system, if you can make the connection that Kieran and I just made, you can work with any business, any company in the world, because what you're offering them is absolute gold. Like this is like such a big key to high performance. And I think it's extremely important that more and more people learn about the importance of understanding your nervous system and regulating it with uh, tools such as breath work. Uh, and, you know, maybe you can talk a little bit before we jump to the next topic. Like what are some tools that you use for yourself that you use with your clients, like daily go-to tools to regulate the nervous system? Yeah, beautiful, Mario. So we, you have different tools for whether you are upregulated. So if you're in the the hyper arousal and you're in the high frenetic energy state, you will use different tools. To if you are um, in the uh, like lower hyper arousal state, mm -hmm. yes, yeah, yeah. And so they've got different tools. Essentially, they come. So for example, breathing can be used in both of them, but the types of breath work are different. So 
when it's let's say you're in a the higher frenetic state there's different things you can use you can use as you spoke to primal shaking right you're in fight or flight like shaking the body out starting to allow that energy have a space to move you can use different forms of yeah. breathing you can use box breathing so in for four hold for four out for four uh hold for four you can use breathing where it's uh longer exhales than inhales you can use grounding techniques so tuning into the five senses if you're feeling anxious and you're feeling in that higher frenetic state what are five things i can see yeah. four things i can touch three things i can hear two things i can smell one thing i can taste a lot of it is coming back into the mm. body coming back into a grounding so yeah being having your feet on the earth going into nature these are things that can really support that as well meditation is yeah. a tool that i use every single day like because I know it supports me deeply in this and there are yeah a number of different tools and I've just listed some there if you're in this uh like state up here warmer uh yeah warmer foods warmer drinks like things like that can really support mm. as well and then if you're down here you can use things that are going to upregulate you that are going to shift your state dancing it, like moving your body movement exercise um cold showers or cold water on the face and again there's like everyone who's listening like you are, are a sovereign being choose how you use these things um cold showers you can use uh what else to upregulate yeah wim hof breath sort of thing breath of fire and again this is working a yeah. lot of these things that i'm talking to now are working with the body they're working with somatics using pillars of breath movement sound and touch it can be vocal toning maybe it's like making the sound om or using your voice and singing these things support regulation mm. they support the nervous system and so when we know this yeah. we can start to then implement those tools daily yeah yeah thank you for that i think that's that's more than enough for people to to tap into and to use and i always say pick two from those right pick pick one yeah. tool that will get you up pick another tool that will help you ground. And I think that's more than enough to uh, to get started and practice with. And now what I would love to talk about with you, Karen, is you talk a lot about the authentic self and mm. you know sharing this authentic self with the world. One, what do you, how do you define the authentic self? And what's the big deal about it? You know, why should entrepreneurs and high performers invest their time, energy, and money into this authentic self? Oh, I love those questions. I love the second question. So for me, the, what is authenticity? It is who we are at our core. Like, I believe we come here, we have a soul, we have, we're this being, and it's our essence. Like we're born onto this planet and we have an essence, a way of being a light within us. And that's our authenticity. And then it's as we go through life, we have all these different perspectives, all these different experiences that pile a lot on us. You know, there's a, a story about a golden Buddha that gets covered in mud to protect it. And then move like it was to protect it from being taken, being stolen. And it was moved hundreds of years later and the crack was seen in it and the gold was seen through. And it was removed to see this, this, what people thought was a clay Buddha or, or mud Buddha was gold. And that's how I see it. It's like we, to protect ourselves, we sometimes cover ourselves in these stories or we take them mm -hmm. on. And 
underneath that is the gold, is the essence of who we are. And when the more connected we are to that, the more connected I believe we are to our truth, we are to our essence. And when we live from that place with the, the, the mission that is on our hearts, the reason that we are here, that is the impact we have just from being us ripples around and it starts to create a whole new way of being for everyone. The more people who are in their truth, the more people who are sharing their gifts, the more people who are shining their light. I picked up a, I picked up a tea for this, this uh, talk today. What it says on it, which is like wild, right? The world needs your unique gifts. Don't leave with them still inside <laughs> you, right? That's what I picked up that tea bag. And this is the conversation we're I having. I love that. Yeah. And so that's why the authentic self, I believe, is so important. Mm. Because it's, mm. our, it's why we're here. It's our essence. Yeah. And yeah. why is it so important for businesses? Why is it so important for high achievers? Because when you are more connected to who you are, when you are more connected to your essence, how you move through the world is different because you're grounded in a truth of knowing that is you. You're not trying to be something else. You're not trying to be someone else. You are clearer on why you are here. You are able to connect your that to the mission that you are serving in the world and show up with a deeper level of connection, a deeper level of passion, a deeper level of knowing of why you are here. And that might mean when you connect to that, that there's a change in direction in what you are doing. Because what you are doing and why you are doing it are different reasons from your truth. So yeah. it may be that connecting to your authentic self speeds you up on the journey to getting you on the path that is your, that is, I mean, the path you're on is your path, but gets you onto the direction, yeah. which is your truth. And yeah. the more you can live from this space as well, like it becomes your way of being is the service as well. Just how you mm. are is creating the impact in the world. And yeah, that's really what's coming through for me there around like, why is it so important? Mm -hmm. And also you will just attract people from the vibration that you are at. If you are more connected to your essence, your truth, your energy, and you're at that, that frequency, the pe people you are attracting your life will be like on the same level and that's going to change yeah. things as well because maybe you attract the same sort of people the same sort of problems the same sort of, but the, and that's all the program that's all the conditioning that's the patterns but when you're more yeah. connected to your essence yeah. you've moved through a lot of those what you attract how you yeah. attract how fast you attract things all shifts yeah. because you're clearer on your your truth and you're being that And, and thank you for that, Mario. Like from your perspective, yeah. what like what what yes. you think about this? Yes, thank you for asking me that as well. And I, this is one of my favorite topics because you know, as as you know, and as my listeners know, I am a a, a very practical person because I don't like to dwell on ideas and things that have no practical relevant application in this world. Essentially, I want to talk about things that make our lives better. Right? I had a very small T traumatic uh, uh, time in my school where I had uh, to, to watch a lot of the teachers 
talk about so much nonsense. And I always was the guy that asked, are we going to use this in real life later? And they were like, no, but it's for the test. And I would completely zone out. I was like, yeah, I'll I'll make sure that I'll cheat myself uh, to get a decent result in the test because it's anyways useless knowledge. Um, that was me in the past, right? Um, but I think this topic of authenticity, authenticity is a high performance superpower. Think about it. When you're authentic, you are you. You don't hide stuff. You're being who you are. You don't have to invest energy in holding yourself together, which is really, I say, the most, the number one energy exp expenditure is trying to be someone that you are not. Like, I'm sure you've experienced this. Um, I certainly have, where I used to go into groups of people and I would just sit there and hold it together and not really share how I feel or what I think. Um, and so I would come out of that meeting and I would feel exhausted. I'd be like, oh, God, Ugh. I just want to go home now and I just want to chill and, and just don't do anything. And I would always ask myself, why do I feel this way? And then I would blame the other people. Oh, you know, they're just so toxic and la, 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 la. And I'm like, no, it's not because of them. It's because I'm choosing not to be authentic. I'm choosing to lie to myself and other people. And that when I truly got that and I practice being authentic more and more and also fuse it with vulnerability, because I think the two of them are mates that go together uh, in a very powerful way. The more I did this and the more I accepted my authentic truth, the more I came to have peace within myself. And when you have peace within yourself, you are operating from an energy optimum. You're operating from your center, which means you don't waste any energy. It's like everything is in, some people call it flow, right? Everything just flows and happens and, and you're clear and in your authenticity. Just look at children. Children are the perfect example. Children are naturally confident, courageous, creative, and curious. And those four qualities are so crucial to entrepreneurial long-term success. If you don't have them, forget about it, right? You're not going to get there. But I think if we come back to authentic nature, to who we were as a child, and, you know, we don't have to take all of those uh, childlike qualities. You know, you don't have to throw yourself on the floor and throw a tantrum and just say, no, I want those cookies. You know, maybe not that part. Uh, <laughs> but essentially, authenticity, the way that I would describe it is returning home. It's coming back to to your own home within yourself, where you are operating from a place of wholeness, where you are regulated, where you are in your center, where you become that human being that can withstand any storm because you always find your place back home because home is where you are, is who you are. And yes, that's what I would say my opinion is on authenticity. Your brother, I love that. And I love that the, those words at the end, you know, finding your way back like home because you are home. And that's it is, I think, yeah. on this journey, when you know that you've got yourself, you know that what, like that's yes. also the authenticity when you know that you've got yourself so you can show up authentically. And it's OK if this person doesn't accept it. It's OK if this deal doesn't happen in the way you thought because you're not making it yes. mean anything about you. 
it's just you showing up and you're sharing your gifts, you're sharing your light, you're sharing everything. And it's like, it doesn't matter how it's received in the sense that the sun shines and it doesn't matter if you're hiding away in the shadows, the sun's still shining. And that's the same sort of essence yeah. of like the authentic self and how we get to shine. Yeah, exactly. And, and that, that essence makes you unstoppable because many entrepreneurs, and I've experienced this myself countless times where I would hope for a coaching client. Oh my God, you know, okay, she's going to sign up. That's an extra, you know, uh, 10K and, ah, and, ah, and then I'm going to do this and I'm going to, and I'm already in my mind creating an expectation and creating a whole fantasy around that expectation. And then it doesn't happen. Poof. And I'm left devastated, disappointed, feeling rejected. Oh God. And now what happens now? The next, the, the next hours or the next days are going to be, I'm, I will be showing up from a dysregulated nervous system, which means less creativity, less focus, less energy, um, you name it. Right. And we can go on and on and on, but I think this is really the key. So I love that you are uh, pointing this out and that you are taking a stand for that. And, you know, with the time that we still have, I would also love to get your opinion about another topic that we haven't talked about yet, and that is money, right? It's the yeah. one of the at least top three priorities, if not number one priority for entrepreneurs. And so how do you approach money? How do you ensure that you have this abundant relationship with money and that it is something that has longevity so that you can create more of it, but you're not doing it from a place of the dysregulated nervous system. I'm curious on your perspective. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, yeah, money is an interesting one in our society, right? Because when, I, when we talk about patterns, when we talk about programs, when we talk about conditioning, how much money conditioning is there? How much talk is there that money is evil or it's bad or that like you can't have so much money mm. and you can see it in terms of how people shit on other people who make a lot of money and like that's their limiting beliefs coming through like why does that person deserve that amount of money yeah and essentially what i see happen a lot and i've done this like and i still do this at some level is i put i was putting money on a pedestal and i was saying this is money it is yeah. above me it is that and then it's going to be hard to attain because it's up here. It's, it's, I'm saying it's, I'm putting my mm. worth. I'm saying there is a deservingness of money, but I, when we can recognize we're already deserving, we are already enough. We are already worthy, like fully of everything. Like it's not, it's not even deserving. We are just enough and we are worthy. And then it's money is on a level playing field yeah. and suddenly becomes so much more accessible. Mm -hmm. And for me, it's something that I'm still developing, still working through because like, based on the level of finances that I'm at now, if I had even stronger money beliefs, I would be further along on that path. And that's just how it works because it's our relationship. It's the energetics to money. It's the relating to it. And so being able to see our patterns around money is so powerful. Yeah. And for me, it's, it's really understanding money is about receiving. How open are you to receiving? Which is also the same with love. Love is about how open are you to receiving? So seeing, for me, it's a journey of seeing, well, how can I be more open to receiving? How can I be even more clear when money comes in? If money was on the other side of the table to me and I'm having a date with money. What am I saying about money? What are the conversations? Is mm. it, you're never here 
Like, I need more of you. Like, fuck you, money. Like, what's the conversation, right? Because <laughs> does money want to be in your world? Right? Does money want to be in your world if yeah. you're having those conversations? Yeah. And it's like, we get to treat yeah. money as a beautiful energy. Money can enhance impact that we have on this world. Money in the hands of people who are conscious in how they use it is beautiful because it can not only support us yes. in living a more abundant lifestyle, it can support everyone around us. And that is the gift that money is. So the relationship that I'm developing with money is one of also just recognizing Ken Honda talks about this. He talks about alligator money. Like, thank you, money. Happy money. Every time he spends it, every time he receives it. And just creating that dynamic mm. where it's like money flows. Because I think I've definitely been guilty of this at times. And there's no judgment of that. But I've held on to money. Mm. I've held on from a place of scarcity and lack. Like, and that the says, like, when's the next bit going to come? Like, what's it? And then that stagnates the flow. And money is an energy and it flows. So there's all these different, I mean, money in itself is such a, a vast topic that we could go into so much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, and what I feel and what I'm really connecting with at the moment is as I create, as I serve, like money will come to me. And so my focus now within myself is more of how can I show up? How can I be of service yeah. and just keep being in that essence? And from that space, like I trust money will come in because I'm, I'm, I'm giving my gifts. Yeah. Yeah. I think that you yeah. said it beautifully and it's really about the, the way that you relate to it. And, you know, you already gave some tips because every time you are spending money, and you are receiving money. Receiving money is easy for most people. Like, oh, thank you. I'm so happy. Yes. Awesome. Love it. But spending money is where I, God, I have to spend this much money for my car. Why I got to buy this plane ticket. Oh, God. <laughs> Prices have gone up, you know, the whole thing. Yeah. It's like, that's your energy for spending money. And oftentimes I see the people that are very much in a scarcity relationship with spending money, they struggle to invest in themselves specifically have yeah. had, you know, I'm sure you've had many of those conversations with people that are like, Oh, I'm really interested in hiring a coach. And then as it got to the money part, uh, let me think about this. Uh, I'm not so sure. And then, you know, sometimes I check in with the same people a half a year later and like, and how, how is it? Yeah. It's still the same thing. I'm like, there you go. It's your relationship with money that is preventing growth. And I think it's a very important topic for us to reflect upon as entrepreneurs, because it is the, it's one of the it's one of the top top two or top three priorities for an entrepreneur. So we want to make sure that we are in an abundant and uh, open to receiving and giving relationship with money, so that it is natural for more of it to flow in our business in our life and i think you gave a lot of practical tips today on how we can move ourselves into a more abundant relationship not just with money but with life in general by regulating our nervous system by coming back to authentic authenticity and operating from that centered place and so as we come to the end of the conversation, Kieran, um, you did share with me that you had a gift for our listeners. So I would love for you to speak a little bit into that gift. And then also, 
how can people find you and connect with you to explore more of uh, Kieran Pollitt? Yes, beautiful brother. I'd love to just add one more thing before I share that, if that's good with you. Please. Yeah, so I just want to say as well, like money is an energy. So look at how you are receiving everything in your life. Like look at how open you are to, because so often, or what I found for myself is that I got hyper-focused on money and seeing money as abundance. Money mm. was abundance. Money was success. And yet I was ignoring all the other places that abundance was present for me. I was ignoring all the other places success was showing up for me because you can have a ton of money and you can be, have a dysregulated nervous system. You can have, like, you can feel low self-worth. You can feel all these other things that may not support you. And you can have a lot of money and feel amazing at all those things, right? So it's also recognizing all the different spaces that abundance exists, that success exists in our lives and being able to, as I'll say yeah. before, like really receive that, really find gratitude for that because what we focus on expands and that's what we're doing when we're having gratitude, we're seeing the abundance, we're seeing the different successes and we're recognizing all the stories we have around money and what that means and also where we may be putting it on the pedestal. So I just wanted to speak to that mm. about bringing in an even more abundant lifestyle because so many people associate abundance with money. And I say that because I did it and yet they are, it's, abundance yeah. is so many more things. And the more you are tuned into yeah. that, the more of abundance will be received. Yeah. So that. <laughs> yeah, thank you, brother. And mm. so yeah, what I have, the gift that I have for all of you who are listening is uh, access to a training that I did called Chaos to Calm, how to regulate your nervous system. And in this, I really go through three key things. I go through the awareness, how to bring more awareness to what is the nervous system, the window of tolerance, why it's so important to understand, because this is the contextual model that then helps you to move through life and, and relate to regulating your nervous system. I then talk about mm -hmm. how you can have the recognition of what's happening in your body. As I said, the awareness of the body is giving signs that you are moving there. The earlier you can intervene, the earlier you can uh, bring yourself back down to a more regulated state. And then I give you regulation tools. I give you somatic regulation tools. So breath, movement, sound, uh, breath, movement, sound, touch, um, and, and give you practical tools, 12 practical tools for upregulating, 12 practical tools for downregulating. And so this is, if you want to dive into the nervous system and regulating it, this is going to support you so deeply for all the reasons we spoke about today. And then where you can find me is on Instagram, Kieran Pollitt underscore. And I also have uh, a podcast called Living With Intention. And yeah, that is where you can find me if you're wanting to engage more in my world. It would be such an honor to have you join, to have you jump into the space. Um, drop me a message. Let me know you're, you're coming into orbit. You're coming into the space. And uh, I would love to connect with you. And likewise, I'd like to share with just anyone who, who is in my world who's listening to that this to really like get into Mario's world. He is amazing at what he does. He is a, he's a very... He's a very present man. He's a, re a really beautiful soul. And like his energy is very grounding. He's very in himself. And uh, yeah, like he's got a lot of love and he moves through the world in a beautiful way. And so for anyone who's in my world, check out Mario. 
because he is supporting people in <laughs> living more abundant lifestyles, making more money in a more Zen approach, in a more embodied approach, <laughs> in a more connected approach. And that's, that's what we all desire, I believe. Hmm. Thank you very much, my brother, for these beautiful words and for the gifts that you shared today with me, with our audience, all the tools and the insights and really the power of authenticity that you brought forward. And I think you are uh, living that truly for those of you that get to spend time with you personally, which I have several times here in South Africa, uh, you really are uh, living your truth. And I applaud that. And I think that's beautiful. And so thank you for being a guest on the show. And also thank you, my dear friend, as the listener and watcher for being here and for making this possible in the first place. And with that, we are complete and I look forward to seeing you on the next show, on the next episode of the Zenpreneur podcast. Thank you, Mario.